All right, once again, this is the War Draft Preview. Kyle Means here with our man Ryan Bukovetsky, our draft expert and Bears writer for WeAreRigorRadio.com. Uh, as, it, as it's been for the past few weeks, we're here to break down a certain uh, certain prospect, potential prospect for the Bears in the upcoming NFL Draft, which we're uh, just two weeks away from now. And uh, we break down uh, one uh, one player who's, who Ryan has highlighted in his writings on WeAreRigorRadio.com. And we also go into some other potential picks at that position, be it from the Bears in, in one of their later round picks or uh, in, in general uh, at, at, the, at the top uh, top flight, uh, you know, top flight contenders, uh, top flight prospects who may be selected as high as the first round of the of the draft coming up. But um, Ryan, uh, how you doing, man? We're uh, talking, uh, I guess, not not just D D linemen. Uh, they can also be off outside linebackers as well. But we're talking edge rushers. Essentially, in this episode, uh, you wrote last week about uh, Christian Miller, a uh, exciting prospect coming from Alabama. You know, Alabama always produces some great pro prospects. Uh, let us know uh, about Christian, man, and, and, and what do you think about him as we uh, start off here today? you as usual and love talking NFL draft we've got plenty to go over and yeah we're talking edge rushers in this uh, podcast episode and really when you're talking about edge rushers you're just talking about basically pass rushing specialists and these guys can range from defensive linemen as you pointed out to outside linebackers that can stand up in a 3-4 scheme that's very similar to what the Bears use but as we know, a lot of teams don't use the 3-4 base when they get into their sub-packages with the extra slot quarterback on the field, and a lot of defenses have to go to that package more times in the game than their base package. So a lot of times that's only four down linemen, and sometimes you can stand one of those linemen up. So in a way, how the NBA has gotten somewhat positionless, that is how almost pass rushing has kind of gotten in the NFL, at least at looking at things when you go to the draft. Some guys are considered more pass-rushing prospects than others. doesn't necessarily mean that because uh, obviously a guy that plays outside linebacker might not necessarily be an edge rusher. They can fill two different schemes, two different types of skill sets. So it, when we're talking edge rushers, we're basically saying pass rushers. And looking at the Bears roster, that's one area that they were extremely well adjusted for last season, especially after they got Khalil Mack and then pass rushing that the Bears had on their roster because at the time Leonard Floyd was considered sort of the ace pass rusher on, on the team but a lot of injury question marks still hasn't quite developed as that type of player that Ryan Pace envisioned when he made him a top 10 selection back a couple years ago so getting Khalil Mack obviously filled that need but it also pushed everybody down a spot on the roster and made that pass rush really go because the burden of pressure is on Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack, especially, to bring in that kind of pass rushing. And they also did a good job last year bringing in some supplemental guys like Aaron Lynch, who was brought back once again this past 
uh, a couple weeks ago brought back for this upcoming season, which I thought was a great depth move. And they have a couple guys in Kylie Fritz, who they drafted last year late in the draft, as well as Isaiah Irving, who they picked up undrafted a year before that. And those two guys are some projects that they're working on, but they could eventually become factors in this pass rush rotation. So the Bears can be pretty good on pass rush, but as we know, Kyle, pass rush, you can never have too much of it, especially in the NFL. If you lose a Khalil Mack or an Akeem Hicks, your defense can change very dramatically. So having some guys that can pick up that slack is very crucial, and I think that that's an area where the Bears may look at in this draft because they don't have an obvious need other than perhaps running back. And the guy that I focused on was Christian Miller out of Alabama, as you pointed out. He's a guy that uh, may have been higher up on draft boards going into the draft process, but has maybe somewhat fallen down in the draft and is kind of projected to where the Bears will be picking. But don't take that as a sign of disrespect. This is still a very intriguing prospect. He may not have quite uh, the athleticism that Leonard Floyd has, but uh, they're considered somewhat similar prospects in a way. They have question marks about their run defense, and that's what Christian Miller comes into. But unlike Leonard Floyd, Christian Miller comes in as a much more polished pass rusher than uh, Leonard Floyd was when he came into the league. And it's going to be exciting to see what kind of player Christian Miller can become because he has pretty long arms. He's a little bit smaller and listed at 247. Some people have him at about 250. He has those pass-rushing moves, and at Alabama, definitely benefited from having a bunch of talented guys around him, but that may be an indicator for the Bears to see what kind of player he is. He's going to be around talented players if you are the selection, whether it's him or a different edge rusher. There's going to be a lot of good defensive players that he's going to be playing with, so playing with talent is certainly a thing, and some guys can't adjust to it as well. Christian Miller seems like he should be able to do that, and he's got nice footwork for inside and counter moves, especially with his length and arm reach. He's going to have to add bulk, very similar to Leonard Floyd in a sense, but uh, he should be able to come in pretty much right away and help out a pass rush, even if it's a part-time rotational player, because he has a lot of experience with that, and his last year really was his best year of production. His senior year at Alabama, he got 11 tackles for loss, 8 sacks, he had only three in his college career before his senior year, so some people are a little bit hesitant with just that one year of production, but uh, to me, when I saw him play, he looked like a player that was very capable, and I would expect him to be a solid player at the next level. Given given that he only has the one year of exemplary uh, output, I, I guess, at, at that position, does he seem to be, is, is that part of the reason why uh, he may be available in the third round. Do people see him more as an unproven or, you know, possibly a, a, a uh, you know, a project in any sort of way? What, what's been the word on him? Yeah, he's definitely somewhat of a project, mainly because of his size. He really needs to get in an NFL weight room, an NFL nutrition and dieting program, and he needs to add a little bit more size. But he has the length, he has uh, nice footwork, he has the ability to become really a top-notch pass rusher. And I think sometimes when you look at these prospects, when you end the college season, you have some guys that you think are going to be highly touted prospects. And as we go through the draft process, scouts are looking at all the film. And then you've got, obviously, the Senior Bowl, and then you have the NFL Combine, and then Pro Days. And all the while, certain opinions kind of get shaped about 
players, and I wouldn't say that Christian Miller is necessarily considered a bad prospect in any ways. I don't really see any red flags other than his size potentially as being a concern because he is a little bit small. He's definitely too small to be a hand in the dirt down lineman, but he's still a little bit small to be that off the edge rusher in a 3-4 defense. But uh, I think with how much talent he has, how much production he did have his senior year, and he played well in a system with a lot of talented players, I think that kind of stuff makes it seem like a very valuable player. In the third round, had the Bears been picking in the first round, he would not be as talented or as uh, sought after in that case. Yeah, when you talk about the uh, being ingratiated with playing around talent and stuff like that, that's something that you have to assume would be the case with an Alabama player because they're playing with you know, pro-level talent, you know, pros- prospect pro-level talent, not throughout their whole careers down there. So, you know, you figure that he would be a bit ready, at least socially, uh, for the NFL than most players out of both schools. So Yeah, in Alabama, they have a ton of really good players. Like Quentin Williams is a defensive lineman that's going to go probably in the top five in this draft, if not the top ten at the very latest. Sure. Very similar to Akeem Hicks in that way. They have a lot of pass rushers. They have a lot of safeties and corners. And really, that was their downfall last year, not having the type of corners to battle receivers on the outside. I think Christian Miller is going to be able to find himself, and really anybody. It doesn't necessarily have to be Christian Miller, but when you see a guy playing well with other counterparts and good players, I think that makes you feel a little bit better about his transition versus maybe some smaller school guys who have really dominated competition, and now they're going up a level. Yeah, yeah. It, it lets you, it sort of gives you an idea with how much of a fine tooth comb uh, these guys are going on, how, you know, these uh, scouts and everything go over these guys because you think probably in past generations, a guy like that may be seen more as a, an outstanding, uh, you know, a, a can't miss guy more, you know, coming out of Alabama like that. But now it's more, you know, it seems like the teams are more discerning with how they judge these guys now. And you may have, you know, a guy like that, even, you know, an Alabama guy like that or a big school guy like that, even, you know, go down to those mid-rounds, even, uh, you know, uh, after some of those smaller school guys, like you say. Uh, You know, it's it's interesting interesting that way. It could be something that the Bears could benefit from if uh, if this is a place that they want to look for in the third round or even later. You know, and if, like I say, if they if they don't want to go for edge rush, because like you said, it's not the most pressing need for them. They do have talent who can who can rush the quarterback now. But if they want to uh, address it in one of those later rounds after that first pick in uh, at eighty seven, is the, uh, what other guys uh, have you seen come across that you think would be a uh, good options for the Bears maybe at a later round? I think a, a really interesting prospect, and I would expect him to go sort of in the uh, four to five range, maybe even a little bit later. It just depends. He might be rising up draft boards because of how freakish athletic he is. But Joe Jackson out of Miami, he's a very interesting player because he's 6'4", 275, and you would think defensive end, and that's where he played. But some project him to be a 3'4" outside linebacker, edge rusher type, and either way, 
he can play with his hand in the dirt, and he is a, a very similar player to who Green Bay picked up as a free agent this past offseason in Zadarius Smith. He's more of a bull in a china shop player, almost like a Pernell McPhee, where it's going to be about the bull rush. It's not going to be necessarily like how Cleo Mack has this full arsenal of pass rushing moves. Joe Jackson is more of just, I come at you with a lot of speed, and uh, or edge speed, bend, fluidity, and power. And that's uh, where a lot of guys are seeing him as a potential riser. And uh, one personnel director with an AFC team felt uh, he has the physical prototype, and he's going to get a lot better as a rusher. So a lot of people are loving his op- upside as a player. He's a guy that maybe is more of a... a Project type. He did play three years and came out as a junior. Pretty productive every single season. He had almost uh, seven sacks every year. The only down year was his sophomore year, if you can call it, at six and a half sacks. He had a total of 22 and a half in his collegiate career. A lot of tackles for losses. But uh, he is somewhat of a positionless player and a very interesting guy to see. Maybe he's hanging around in the fourth, fifth round range. You can get a lot of upside with a player like that. So that way you describe it definitely more, even more so than uh, Miller would seem like more of a project, but but definitely one that may be worth a risk in those later rounds, right? Because the like you say, the potential upside, huh? Seems like he has one of those Key and Peele names. Huh? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it's spelled Z I M I N E S. The Minis. Okay. The Minis. All right. Well, all right. Well, it's be boy. It'd be interesting to see if he comes up. We'll, we we definitely won't miss him if he comes up at some point in the Bears draft. But. Uh, Okay, that's interesting. A couple of prospects there. Uh, as, as you look uh, elsewhere in on the on the draft slate, you know who 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 seems to be those guys who uh, are defining that position and uh, could be uh, picked very early in the draft. Yeah, and I just want to throw out a couple of names. Uh, 
couple names. These guys probably won't be there when the Bears are picking in the third round, but I would put these guys on your radar if they are available when the Bears pick at 87 because that could be a huge value, and especially when we're talking about pass rusher. Other than finding Tom Brady in the sixth round, if you find a darn good pass rusher somewhere later in the draft, that's such a big steal for your team. So a a high premium position, definitely keep an eye on uh, this kid out of Georgia, DeAndre Walker. He is a guy that is sort of positionless again. He may just be a good linebacker, maybe a pass rushing specialist. He's done a little bit of everything in his college career. He had seven and a half sacks last year, his senior year, five and a half his junior, had a bunch of tackles for losses. Reminds me almost a little bit of Roquan Smith, but more of an edge rusher. His NFL comparison is D4. Really uh, interesting prospect that has just been rising up draft boards, and people just continue to think that he is just a guy that's going to have a positive impact in the league, even if he's not going to shape out as a pass rusher, but definitely as a linebacker somewhere. I like his upside as a pass rusher, so I would definitely keep my eye on him. And uh, the other kid I would look out for is Jaquie Polite out of Florida. He's another guy that probably will go in the second round. But he was a highly productive player at Florida. Had uh, 15 sacks, 11 came last year with 19 and a half tackles for loss. He's uh, another one of those guys that can play the edge rusher position or put his hand in the dirt. He did both. He uh, projects as uh, kind of all over the place. Some people think he's going to fall in the draft. Some people think he's going to come up in the draft. It just depends where you look at. He didn't really participate in the combine, had a slower 40-yard dash at 4.84, but as we know, 40-yard dash doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a good pass rusher. He's got long arms as well, so definitely a guy that I I would think the Bears would be excited for if he's available, or maybe a guy that's targeting if he is going to fall kind of later on in the draft. And going back to your uh, first question, who are some of the top name guys in this draft? Well, overall, looking at this draft, it has been pretty good, I think, for the Bears, where it seems to be more middle-heavy rather than top-heavy in terms of the talent. And for a team that doesn't have two picks in the first two rounds unless they trade back into them, that bodes really well. But overall, maybe the strength of this entire draft is that edge rusher position and just pass rush in general. This is a great year to get a pass rusher if you don't have one. So almost in a great sense, in a way, Ryan Pace getting Khalil back, you know, you get that proven commodity, but had he come into the season, he'd definitely have plenty of options to choose from in terms of edge rusher. It starts out with Nick Bosa from Ohio State, who's a guy that can play either off uh, with his hand off the dirt or in the dirt. He uh, skipped his final year at Ohio State due to an injury, started playing it, but had to... Uh, uh, due to an internal muscle tear, had a core muscle tear, had to stop his senior year and announce that he wouldn't be coming back at all because he has been the number one pick for basically two years. A lot of people have felt he's a, just a pro prospect. Another guy is Josh Allen out of Kentucky. He's going to go extremely high, probably top five as well. Another guy that could go in the top ten is Montez Sweet out of Mississippi State. Okay. Uh, those three guys, Bosa, Allen, and Sweat, they are so, so good, very good players, very good prospects. So definitely uh, the teams will be trying to get those two if they at all, or those three guys if they at all fall later on in the draft. 
Brian Burns out of Florida State is another edge rusher that's highly ranked. And Salilian Farrell out of Clemson, that's a tough name to go with, but uh, he's coming out as well, considered one of the top pass rushers in this draft. So a lot of good guys to uh, look out for throughout. And there was an article written last year through Bleach Report that this arguably could be the best pass rushing prospect draft that we've ever had. So it'll be interesting to see how some of these guys fall. And as we know, if, if, with pass rusher, you have a premium on that position. Teams may try to reach and grab and get some of those guys, especially if a lot of them come off the board. That might push some other players down to the Bears. So the Bears are going to, I think, be in a position in that third pick, in that third round pick, to really bring in an effective player that can help them out immediately. It's just identifying that guy and getting him in here. And you know, ironically, you know who else could probably benefit from uh, this class of of pass rushes this year is, is, is Oakland. Because uh, if you if you look at that timing on that trade, you know, everybody was like, you know, why would you do that trade at that point? And why would you, you know, give him away, give Mac away, period? Well, if you look at, you know, I don't know how far they were looking ahead, but you look at this, this class, they could probably go ahead and get them their next pass rush specialists in the top 10 this year and have them on that rookie scale controlled on that rookie scale. And, uh, as opposed to having to give that exposed, that explosive contract that they would have had to give the Mac, you know, they gave, they gave away their picks. I mean, they gave away Mac, but they got picks in return. They got a, they're going to have a top 10 pick. They also got the bears pick. They can use that to address some other issue on their team, but they, you know, if you look, like you just mentioned, there's probably three top ten guys at least uh, worthy of picking at that position. That could, I would think that Oakland would maybe address that in uh, with their top overall pick, but we'll see about that. But uh, no, you're completely you're completely right, Kyle, because Oakland they uh, will have a lot of options to definitely choose from with that pass rusher. As you pointed out, though, a lot of uh, rumors going on what's going to happen with that top overall pick and if people remember the criticism I guess if you will towards the Bears in giving away those picks were all the capital that they gave up but the defense was well John Gruden and his crew have to be able to identify and draft the right players and develop them in order for those draft picks to be effective it's very possible that they may try to use their draft capital to move up in the draft to take Kyler Murray and if they go ahead and go quarterback then that trade for Cleo Mack, they might not even be able to answer edge rusher until later on in maybe the second or third round if they're going to give away a bunch of picks to move up to number one. And, and you know, that sounds like more like something they would they would do, at least, especially, you know, maybe back in the day with, uh, when I was still around. But, yeah, that, that, I'm, I'm probably, you know, that's probably because uh, the Bears won't be – involved in the first night that's probably Oakland is probably the team we're going to watch the most in the first night just to see what they do like if they they may make they may just screw up the whole first round or they may you know come away with some of the best talent in the draft I don't know but it'll, it'll be interesting to see but um yeah I'll definitely I, I was just gonna say I'll definitely be watching them too you're completely right especially in that first round and especially with that second first round pick. I, yeah. That's the one that the Bears 
gave up to give to Oakland. I, actually, I'm sorry, it might be their third first-round pick because I think the Dallas one is slightly ahead of the Bears pick. So I'm oh, you're right, they do, yeah. what they do with that selection because uh, that was the thing. Like uh, What Oakland was gambling on was that the Bears would still be bad with Khalil Mack and then that way they could get maybe two top ten picks and say, sorry, Chicago, but at least at this point the Bears have really uh, come out in this trade to at least, I think, make it nullified that, hey, if you get a great pass rusher, great, get a great player with the pick that we gave you, but well, we still got a great player too. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought up the Dallas pick. I, just, I, didn't even, I forgot about that. They So they got three picks in the first round. And you, you have to think. You have to think between them and the Murray story. You know what Arizona does. That's really going to define that first round. So it's going to be it's going to be pretty fascinating to see what happens there. But uh, let's let's move on. Uh, uh, sort of wrap this wrap this uh this week up. Um, with with some of the Bears news recently. Um. Uh, they picked up a kicker, another kicker, uh, and, and I guess they did they sign a contract with this guy from the AAF, or what, what's going on with that? Yes, uh, the Bears brought in a bunch of kickers to uh, tryouts from the Alliance of American Football, the AAF. Uh, no guys were given a contract immediately after the tryout, and then a uh, on April 12th, it was announced that the Bears signed former AAF kicker Elliot Fry to a three-year deal. Um, I don't have the exact specifics of that deal. I would guess that it's very uh, team-friendly and they can get out of it very easily if they want to and almost like a reserve contract future type thing with uh, Elliot Fry. But he will be added to the kicking competition to go along with uh, Chris Blouet or Blewett, depending on if you ask Coach Nagy or not on the pronunciation. <laughs> And, uh, and Chris Jones. So it'll be uh, it'll be very, very interesting to see what the Bears do in their camp. They're trying to figure out exactly uh, how they're going to compete or get the competition going with these kickers. How are you going to be able to simulate pressure? Because that was really the problem with, with the old kicker that they had. Uh, I've already forgotten his name because uh, I was so angry at him. But, uh, Arky? Basically... Black blocking it yeah. out of your mind. <laughs> it was such an ugly end to the season. I never wanted to see him again. And as soon as they announced he was done, I was like getting a bad taste out of your mouth. But uh, they uh, they are going to be a team to look out for in the draft too for going after a potential kicker, maybe adding an undrafted free agent kicker as well to this competition. But I would expect four or five guys to be competing, and they might even get themselves an NFL veteran when we get on the other side of the draft and when we get closer to training camps and when price tags may go way down. Okay. And um, I guess before we go, let's, uh, I guess another bit of news that may have flew under some people's radar is the uh, the preseason schedule got released. Not, not it's, That's not exact yet, but they know the teams they're going to play. And you think uh, in regards to the kicking competition, this is where that battlefield is going to be laid out uh, on these on these games, you know, along with camp, of course. But uh, the Bears do know their opponents, as I get that up right now. And uh, yeah, I can. Uh, you got about uh, two. Yeah, I got those opponents for you. Uh, Carolina Panthers will be Week One. The 
Giants will be week two, the Indianapolis Colts will be week three, and the Tennessee Titans will be week four. Those are the future preseason opponents. I don't think days have been announced quite yet, but those will be the four teams. Interesting, no Cleveland Browns. I was kind of hoping yeah. for that one, especially after all the trades that they've had. Even though the starters don't normally play in that game, but usually the Bears wrap up the preseason with Cleveland in week four. Uh, but no doubt, Kyle, the kicking competition is going to be heavily looked at in the preseason. So if anybody's looking, well, what's there to watch for in the rest of these games? Well, you can watch the place kicker because all those reps are going to be important. And I'm sure as many times as possible that Maggie, it makes sense for him to go for a field goal. We'll try to go for one just to get these guys out there and test out their legs and see which one that the Bears eventually will go with because it's very unlikely that they'll keep two kickers. They'll only go with one and probably have the phone numbers of the other guys just in case. Yeah, exactly. And pretty controlled. Well, I guess, you know, late summer anyway, most of the environments will be controlled. They got a dome in there, too, with the Colts. So, you know, if you look at, uh, you know, the environments that the kickers will be kicking in uh, in August, you know, they, they'll they definitely be showing whether or not they can handle things at their, at their best. And uh, you, you would hope that the you know the guy the, the the good kickers will separate themselves from the ones that the Bears do not need to be dealing with going forward in in those uh, positions. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm kind of it's kind of difficult, to, uh, kind of uh, uh, disappointing, I should say that that we're not gonna see Cleveland because uh, you know we're not gonna see Cleveland in the regular season. It's still gonna be a couple more years, I think, before they rotate with the North, the AFC North. And, uh, yeah, but just, you know, you, you figure with the hype surrounding Cleveland uh, going into in this season, it would be nice to see them in the, in the preseason. But that's, that is what it is. Uh, yeah, that should be it, though. We're going to wrap this one up a little quicker this week. Uh, before, we, before we do sign off, uh, you're going to be talking about cornerbacks uh, this week right on, on your post on WeAreRegalRadio.com. And you got a uh, was it Lonnie uh, Johnson Jr. Lonnie Johnson Jr. Uh, is going to be your focus this week. Uh, uh, the cornerbacks, yeah, definitely another interesting position uh, with the Bears. And I, uh, just give us a little quick bit on why you focused on that position this week.
target cornerback, and one of those reasons may be their new defensive coordinator, Chuck Pagano. But overall, you can never have enough corners, you can never have enough pass rushers, and you can never have enough receivers for your great quarterback in the NFL. If you can take care of those positions, then you give yourself a really strong chance as long as you're good on the lines, which the Bears are. Definitely, definitely. And you look at the Bears, like, and, and I guess corners in general, you don't see, they're not always, like, obvious guys who pop up as the, as the you know, the, the, the guys who make a difference in the franchise. You know, Fuller in, in recent times would seem to be maybe as high as the Bears have went in the draft to really reach for a cornerback, you know, a, a, you know, a potential shutdown guy like that. Uh, you know, you look elsewhere, they've had guys just sort of pop up. And, you know, you look at the other maybe defining corner of recent times with the Bears, Peanut Tillman. He wasn't a high pick at all. Uh, I'm trying to think where, where he was picked, but, uh, you know, it, it was. I believe he was a third or fourth round pick, maybe even fifth round. Yeah, yeah. So, right, you're talking the middle rounds where the Bears are this year. And, uh, that's not a bad place to pick up a cornerback, I would say. And, uh, you know, definitely whether it's this kid Johnson or someone else that they go, you know, that could definitely be a place of good value for the Bears to address uh, in regards to this upcoming year. Like, say, de- deepening the, uh, the defensive backfield is, all, is always something you would want to have, especially as the NFL continues to be as pass-happy as it is. So, uh yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, look forward to seeing your uh, analysis with, with Lonnie Johnson. And, uh, uh, you know, elsewhere, uh, definitely we'll, we'll listen to you this week on Dean Davis. Make sure to check that out coming uh, Wednesday. And uh, Wednesday overall on Dean on uh, Davis SoundCloud. And uh, also Thursday you can listen to that here on War on Anchor. Uh, so uh, that's it for our man Ryan Ryan B, the executive producer of the Dean Davis Show, and uh, of course our, uh, our draft expert and Bears uh, Bears reporter for WeAreRiverRadio.com. This is Kyle Means. We're gonna sign off and uh, wish y'all the best this week. You know, t- uh, keep on checking us out. Uh, all our all our new uh, uh, material and all our new stuff here on uh, on War on Anchor, our uh, basketball stuff. You can hear Ryan on that as well, uh, chopping it up on the the latest episode of Running with War with our guys uh, Josh and Chris, as well as Sydney and Sydney Brown and uh, Tony Gill all on the big round table talking playoffs and other stuff. Uh, we got two episodes of that coming this week. You can listen to that. And uh, we'll, like I said, other stuff as it, as it comes, man. Just subscribe to us, be it on Anchor or uh, any other podcast platform that you prefer, uh, Apple, Google, Spotify. You know, we, we're pretty much there, man. We got you. Uh, Spreaker, uh, TuneIn app, you know, we got you, man. Whoever you like to listen to us to, listen. And uh, we got, we'll keep bringing you that good stuff. So, uh, once again, for Ryan... This is Kyle Means signing off. So uh, bear down, y'all, and uh, keep enjoying We Are Real Radio.